0: fathering that's right the act of being a father now i think i made up that word i don't think i don't think fathering is a real word in a dictionary but it might be the most important job we have today i share some insights and thoughts on fathering let's go <laughs> Welcome to the Dr. Geo podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where I try to share with you important information for you to improve your urological health and live better with age. Today, we're going to talk about fathering. I made the word into a verb. (laughs) So I don't know if it's that way in the dictionary, but anyway, let's just roll with it. We're going to talk about fathering and our role as fathers and why it is important for your health. Okay. So let's go right into it. Why is being a good father? Why are we even talking about this? This is a health podcast, you know, for men to do better with their urological function, their prostate, erectile dysfunction, live a long time, longevity. Why fathering? Well, other than this month is Men's Health Month and soon it will be Father's Day. It's the most important job we have. And I would even argue that when there is instability with the father-child relationship, I would make an argument, hard to prove, and I am science-based, but I would make an argument that that can lead to disease of any kind, right? Because there is an emptiness, Inside your body, with you want to connect with your kid, and sometimes you just don't for whatever reason. Hopefully, I can share some insights there. So, out of all the patients I've ever met, and by now it's been multiple thousands of them, and all of them men, I've met men from different backgrounds, full spectrum, some that are very wealthy and well to do. And if I were to Just summarize my conversations with them as fathers is the following those that would consider themselves to be good fathers and are very happy with their adult child or children, all things being equal, are much happier. Because as we talk about longevity and how to do better with age, we're really talking about how to be happy as we get older. And we, of course, know that you need health to be happier, right? So at the end of the day, we're trying to be happy as men. So those that, you know, have decent money, are in decent health and have good relationships with their children seem to do better. This is my observation. Oftentimes those that are ultra wealthy who don't have a relationship with their kids or have a poor relationship with their kids is the opposite. And they will tell me, I tell you, I have these conversations. These are very good relationships I have with these. They're amazing people. And they will tell me, look, I'll give anything up to have a better relationship with my daughter. I'll give anything up to have a better relationship with my son who doesn't talk to me. I'll give anything up to have a re- better relationship with my son who is addicted to opioids and drugs. And I've learned from that. So I don't know that <laughs> I like to think I'm a good father and I like to think that my children would think I'm a good father. But you'll have to ask them what I can tell you is that I put a significant amount of thought on fathering. I wake up every morning and we have three kids and I make an assessment of how am I as a father, just kind of in a scale of one to 10. I try to be brutally honest with myself. Of course, there's a lot of subjectivity with that, but you know, it is what it is. It's okay. And then how am I as a father with each one of my children? Now we're talking about different ages, right? So There's a different dynamic that happens with an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old or a 10-year-old. And gender matters, too. If they are a 17-year-old boy versus a 10-year-old girl, the situation is different. The way you approach that situation is different. So I want to share with you some tips. Look, (laughs) for better or for worse, there's really only two things that I feel and I think I could have a good conversation about, and it's not golf, though I think golf is a great sport, and it's not Bitcoin or NFTs, though I think that's a good thing. It's really about my work as a father and my work as a professional, a men's health and urology expert. I spend almost all my time on that. So don't know politics all that well. I know who's president, of course, but I, you know, these are the areas where I think that I can share some good insights. I do have some key things that I think will be helpful for you fathers out there that should be helpful. But before I kind of share with you those ideas, I want to say this. The intention of what I'm going to say in this podcast is for you to figure out from everything that I say, what works and what you can implement right away with your children. Whatever you think it's not for you or it won't work, you just throw that out. Okay, but oftentimes one or two things is enough to change the trajectory in anything and to change the relationship with your child. Right. And the goal here is not to make anyone feel guilty or or have shame in anything, particularly with your children. Right. The goal is for you to implement the information or whatever applies to you and your relationship with your kids. So let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. So we have three kids, ages 10-year-old boy, 17-year-old girl, and 18-year-old girl. And right now, I'm pretty happy with the outcome. Now, when I have this podcast 10 years from now, and they're pretty much all adults, I don't know what I'll say. (laughs) Maybe I'll come back 10 years from now and say, hey, don't listen. Remember that podcast on fathery? Don't do anything. Don't do anything I say, right? So I don't know because the reality is that there is no manual and fathering and parenting is an experiment. We make decisions based on many things, including your own garbage and my own garbage as once being the son of our parents. So whatever dysfunctional relationship there was there, we bring that into that relationship. Okay. We bring our traits into that relationship. We bring our own dysfunction into that relationship. So fathering and parenting is it's, look, it's much easier. I'd rather be in the clinic all day, literally from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and see patients all day and look at lab work and look at PSA and do, you know, prostate exams on everybody. I don't mind that. I'd rather do that. But the reality is that when you are a father, it's time consuming for sure. And there's time that should be catered to that. And it's a difficult job. It's much more difficult than, than closing a deal, though closing a deal is... But some people have a knack for that, right? So I think the first thing is to understand, yeah, it is a difficult job, right? So here are some of the tips that I have with how you can be the best father you can moving forward. And if you're starting from baseline, you could always start from wherever your child is, by the way. There's always an opportunity. Even if your kids are older, there's always an opportunity. Here we go. I believe, and this is, again, my opinion, and i like to let you guys know when it's my opinion or from some scientific citation, I believe that quantity is better than quality. I'll repeat that. I believe that quantity, meaning the amount of time you spend with your child, is actually better than the quality of time you you spent with your child. Dr. Gio, that's insane. So you mean to tell me you could spend three hours with your kid and there's no quality there and that's better? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I think that's better. How? Well, because we need to be holistic, but realistic, right? The world is tough. The reason why you don't spend time or you have a challenging time spending more time with your kids is because you're busy and you're trying to make things happen and you're trying to provide and you're trying to make more money and do the things that we do. So if I am with my children on the table and I'm actually answering emails and they're there and we're not even talking, the fact that I'm even there matters. My presence matters. And I still have to answer emails. Right. This is part of how we live. And while we're there and some time can go by and 30 minutes can go and so forth, a conversation starts on anything particularly on anything that they're having a difficult time with, right? It may happen. Because the thing is that you cannot schedule a conversation with your kid like you do in business. Uh, Leo, um, I- I'll talk to you. I- no, nope, I can't talk to you now. 8.30 p.m. right before you go to bed, we'll talk. Well, he or she may not be ready to talk in that- <laughs> at that time. They're going to talk when they're ready to talk, Right. That's number one. Number two is, you know, your kid. So by being there, it's not only what they're telling you that's important, but what they're not telling you might be even more important. And, you know, when something is off with your kid. Right. So. Quantity of time, just being there is more important than quality, I made a deal with myself that I would see my kids physically unless I'm away for talks or lectures or for conferences I would see them every single day of my life that's the deal I've made again sometimes I go to the clinic way early in the morning I don't see them that morning I'll make sure I'm in I'm back at the house before they go to bed sometimes I see them in the morning and I have a late night and I won't see them when I come back but I see them I physically Since they were born, I physically have made a deal with myself to see my kids every single day, right? I think that's a good thing, and that's a good practice. And yes, you can do FaceTime. It does work very well. Actually, thank God for technology. But it'd be nice if you can actually see them and tuck them into bed as often as possible, two to three times a week, okay? So quantity, it's more important than quality. What else? Look, I think that, you know, I think it's important to have your kids in sports. Oh, Dr. Gio, you don't know my kid. He's not athletic. No, it's not that he's not, he or she's not athletic. It's a, you haven't found the right sport for your child. No, no, we tried multiple things. You haven't probably found, now it's a task. By the way, everything I'm talking about, there's some opportunity costs to everything. Okay. So the more time you spend with your kid. The more time you're trying to figure out the sports thing, the less time you're doing something else that might be important or s- might seem like it's more important. Like, for example, planning for your next business meeting and blah, blah, blah. So there is some opportunity cost here that I find that is part of, uh, honestly, to be transparent, my struggle. But the way I see it is this. OK, so maybe spending so much time, remember quantity. With my child, it's costing me some money because I'm not finishing my book on time or because I'm not, you know, doing some other deal or I'm not seeing more patients. Because if I have to be home early because my deal is to see my kid, that means that I have to leave the clinic earlier, which means that I'm seeing less patients. But if you start looking at the finances of things, not putting the time in early will probably mean that you will put the time in or the money in later on in life with therapists that they may need. And perhaps as adults, they'll have less earnings because we didn't do the thing we should have done early on, right? So even from a financial perspective, of course, what we care about is to raise you know, confident, happy kids—that's the goal. But even when you look at the finances of it, you might be saving some money by putting the time in early, as opposed to once it's perhaps, you know, too late. Sports. Does sports help the kid be better adult and give them confidence and so forth? Maybe. I think so, but I don't know that there's evidence for that. But I do think so. Because what's happening is that they fall. They have to fall often in sports and get back up and figure that out. My son, seven years old, when he was seven years old and playing Little League. Yeah, he has to he- get hit with the ball. Sure. That's the way it is because these kids have no control. And figure it out. And like, Oh, that hurts. Oh, wait, am I going to cry? Great, I'm going to cry. Oh, wait, but I'm still in the game. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the game. Yeah, I'm going to go to first base. And over and over and over, soccer, it's hard falls, get back up. So there are life lessons there that I think they'll learn. And again, all my kids, 18, 17, 10, they all played sports. And I, I certainly like at this moment in time, I think that my t- our teenage girls are lovely people. Again, my opinion, and I'm probably biased. I understand. Here's what's even more impactful from sports the trip, going to the game. Just you and your kid. That trip, things happen. Communication happens. Even if they're in their he- with their headphones listening to whatever they're listening to, at some point, if it's an hour and a half drive for that tournament, soccer tournament, because they're on a the travel team, yes, again, opportunity, hour and a half going, two hours game, that's five hours a day, no question. I'm exhausted when I come back home. Conversations happen conversations happen that you cannot schedule for. Why is that important? Why are those conversations important? Here's what I found. I found that those conversations are important because our number one responsibility as a dad, and now listen to me carefully here, our number one responsibility as a dad is to figure out your kid's story that they're telling themselves each and every day. What's their story? Because their story is not being influenced by your home. Your home plays a role and a part, particularly if you put the time in, you and your spouse. But their story is being created and formed by their peers and by social media. Right? Let me take this a step further. The Goal is to figure out their story and fix their story before that story becomes a belief. If that story moves on and becomes a belief, then that will be very difficult to change. And now their behavior is consistent to that belief that they don't even know they have. Oh, dad, I think I'm too fat. Right. In one of those soccer games. Right. You know, Dad, I just think I'm too fat. Where's the evidence for that? First of all, you fix that story. You're not fat. You're fit. You have a certain body type, honey. And it's not just saying nice things for them to feel better. Is the truth. You have a certain body type. That's that's what it is. What we want to do is fix your athletic performance, right? So you want to be fitter. Okay, that's a different story. Fitness versus being fat. Oh, we change how we frame it. That's different as opposed to being fat. Dad, we don't have enough trips. Why don't we go to, you know, South Beach enough? Why don't we do that? Where are they getting that information from? Instagram where all these girls in bikinis are, you know, taking selfies and they're how great of a good time they're having. So that's an opportunity for me to reframe that and say, you know, I do understand that you're in technology quite a bit. All kids are your age, but understand that I think that there's evidence to show that a lot of kids who aren't social media are not as happy, even though you think they're happy, okay? They may show that that you're happy, like they're happy, but they're really not. And sometimes they're oftentimes really insecure. And look, they're probably great people, and I hope that's not the case, but oftentimes it is. This is based on research. So just be careful how you interpret those things. That's a conversation on our way to a soccer game. I'm not smart enough. My nose is too big. My nose is too small. It's just constant input from outside sources, letting your kids know how they're just not good enough. Thus, the suicide, anxiety, and depression rates are skyrocketing, specifically with teenage girls. Your job every day is to figure out their story and fix their story before that story becomes a belief. Okay? Lastly, I'll say this. Be open to the idea that your kid may be teaching you lessons, not just you teaching your kid lessons. What do you mean, Dr. G? Yeah. First of all, they're teaching you patience. If you don't have it, you better you get that right away. <laughs> I tell you, if you don't have patience, you're learning it quickly with kids, right? Let me tell you a scenario with my son that happened about two years ago. So he gets a box of chocolates to sell for a fundraiser for school. And we're going around the houses and he's going to one house. And so there there's an opportunity for growth and and to learn. Right. How do you go to a stranger, say, hey, can you buy some chocolates? That's great. Right. All life lessons. By the way, that's what I'm focused on. Life lessons. So that the goal that is always in mind is who is the type of adult when my kid is 25 years old that I think they'll be happy, successful and confident? Who's, what does that look like? And then every step that my wife and I make with our kids is with that goal in mind. So we're always aiming at that goal. So he's eight years old. We're going around the houses selling chocolates. Goes to one house. Yeah, we'll take two, two dollars. Go to another three dollars. You know, he has still like, you know, like 30 more. Finally, we get to the fifth house. We still have like 15 more chocolates. I'm like, man, how are we going to, you know, first of all, I don't want to keep going around the neighborhood all day tomorrow. I can't, I can't do this tomorrow. I mean, we, we want to sell these chocolates today. He goes to the fifth house and he says, you know, owner of the house comes out and says, I'll take them all. 15, I'll take 15, here's $15. And I'm happy, right, as a dad. I'm like, yes, we did. In my head, my son goes, no, 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 you can only have three. I'm going crazy. I'm going nuts. <laughs> Leo, <laughs> that's okay. No, I'm telling the owner of the, that's okay. No, Leo, just sell him the, the 15 chocolates. No, no, you can only buy three. I pull him to the side. I said, Leo, sell him the 15 chocolates. This is what we're here for. We're here to sell all the chocolates. My son says to me, no, no, no. We're doing this to have fun. And I'm not getting anything. There's no message coming my way that's positive. Leo, I'm grinding my teeth. Leo, I'll give them the 15 chocolates and let them buy. So we're done with this. It's not a matter of being done with this. It's a matter of having fun. So if I just sell all these chocolates now, then the fun is over. Lo and behold, he sells them three chocolates, walks ahead of me as we go back home, and he's really upset at me. He's looking back. I'm fuming. And then later on, I'm like, hmm, actually, that was a very interesting, right? Once the stress chemicals are calmed down and the more of parasympathetic, you can think better, right? This is why if you go to our last episode, podcast episode, you can see that we talk about stress and how to manage that, right? So how do you get these chemicals to calm down so you can actually think? So once that happened, so, hmm, wow, that's interesting. And I'm telling my good friends, look, This happened today, and they're talking about the chocolates. And he's like, Geo, that's a lesson for you. It's about the process. It's not about selling chocolates and selling all the chocolates. It's the process, is the journey of selling chocolates and sort of having fun through that process. I said, Wow. Wow. Okay. Right? So kids can teach you beyond patience, they can teach you. Excellent lessons. If you're open to it, if you reset, as you learned from our previous podcast, if you take a step back and say, wait a minute, what just happened? What just happened there? And he was so firm, right? It's not, he didn't. And typically, when I'm firm, he pulls back and says, oh, you know, he's oh, pretty much, not all the time, but most <laughs> of the time, an obedient child, not this time. He was firm. So if we give our kids an opportunity and we're open to it, it will teach us many lessons. So lastly, maybe this is the second time I say lastly, but no, we're, we're going to, I would say this because there's a lot of messages how to be a better parent and, and, and it becomes convoluted and it becomes too much. And I believe that if you focus on quantity more than quality, just be there in this imperfect world. If you put them in sports and, you know, figure out what's their story. If you are open to it and can take a step back and figure out what's the lesson that my child is giving me, as opposed to me always giving all the lessons, this might be an oversimplification and might be, of course, but I think you'll be happy with the relationship you'll have with the kids, with your kids. And always make them aware of their state. Maybe this, okay, so I'll give you the fourth nugget and then we're going to end it because I think that this is going to be a good closing remark. What's their state before they open their mouth, before they start fighting with mom, particularly if it's girls, right? If they're girls fighting with mom, that's a common scenario. What's their state? So we have a rule with the girls, not yet with our youngest, is, hey, self-awareness. What's your state before you start arguing with your sister or with mom or with anyone? What's your state? Dad, what do you mean? What do you mean what's my state? I'm feeling good. Are you? Are you hungry or tired or hormonal, menstruating, premenstruating? I don't want to, right? That's a, <laughs> in this day and age, you want to be careful with that terminology, but it's real. Just like with boys, when they have this surge of testosterone, when they're 13 years old, they need to know that w- what's going on, right? Are you hungry, tired? hormonal, you need to know your state before you open your mouth, right? So the quick rule that we have, I think you're going to like this, is this. If you're one out of three, talk less. If you're two out of three, don't talk at all. And if you're three out of three, leave the room. (laughs) So Gio, what's the message? The message here for when they become adults is be aware of your state. The state you're in before you create a belief, before you send the email, before you send the text, before you talk to your spouse, before you talk to your parents, before you talk to your friend. Because then you may say things that you will regret. And it's really all about the state you're in. If you're one out of three, two out of three, or three out of three, you want to be super careful. And really, it's a matter of awareness. I gave them that rule about four years ago, and part of the scenario in our home is, hey, Mia, do me a favor, honey. Can you, dad, dad, not right now. I'm two out of three. Perfect. Great. Hey, Gianna, do me a favor. Dad, make it quick. I'm one out of three. I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten. Great. Great. That's right. Just be aware of your state before you respond. Happy Father's Day. It is the, probably one of the most difficult jobs, but it is the best job and the best rewarding job if we're paying some attention. It's an imperfect process. I'm always failing, and I just try to figure out where I fail and how to do better next time those of you who are fathers, enjoy it. It's a wonderful thing. Hopefully you're spoiled and honored on that day. You should be spoiled and honored every day, but okay, once a year, we'll take it. Thanks for tuning in. This is Dr. Geo. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo Podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in the world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer this podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.